0: Everyone has a story to tell. Welcome to Dingo Talk, where we explore the experiences that make us who we are. Here's your host, Carlo Guadagnino.
1: What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week is Ralph Isernia, the head football coach at RPI. And as we started last week, we are going to give you a little bit more information about RPI. So first and foremost, it's located in Troy, New York. It's a private research college. It has a 53% acceptance rate, 77% early acceptance rate with a, an 85% graduation rate and an 89% retention rate, which, you know, we didn't talk about last week, but the retention rate's a big deal as well for the schools, especially in the Division three level when you have some of these smaller schools, bigger schools. The only way that they become a, a small school becomes a bigger school. You retain your students and you bring more in. Uh, So, clearly, RPI does that very well. Um, It's $31,000 a year. The top three majors that they have is computer science, mechanical engineering, and aerospace, aeronautical, and space engineering. Uh, RPI was established in 1824, and it's the nation's oldest tech and research university. Um, And as I said last week, the coaches that are recruiting you, the the people that are employed with the admissions office and the admissions counselors that you're dealing with they will have all this information also if you're going to RPI you you're probably very smart so you know you're going to be able to find this information but if you need the website it's www.rpi.edu we're going to talk to coach Isernia about the RPI program uh, going eight and three overall three and three in the conference the ECAC bowl that they participated in Um, we're going to talk about his coaching career, a little bit about the Liberty league and that question about the playoffs, because it seems to be on every coach's mind here in division three, as the rumors continue to spread that as soon as this year, we might see a 40 game, 40 team playoff. Uh, there's still some things to be worked out there without, or with that being said, uh, make sure you check out our socials. The only one that's different is the Instagram page. It's dingo underscore talk, and please hit the like and subscribe button maybe leave us a comment because that really helps us out to find out how we can improve the show without further ado this is coach Isernia what's going on chuckleheads i am carlo Guadalino. this is dingo talk my guest this week is ralph isernia head coach of the of rpi from the liberty league coach thank you for joining us oh it's great to be here thanks for having me on absolutely coach i'm going to do this the same way i do every week first our first and foremost goal is to get your story then we're going to talk about the program and the school. Uh, So putting you in the time machine, how does a guy from Long Island find his way to Davidson?
0: Yeah, uh, that's, uh, you know, kind of a a, a good story. Um, You know, I started out, you know, the recruiting trail and uh, had a lot of, um, you know, had a lot of uh, interest in, you know, going to a high academic uh, school. Um, you know, going to uh, a place, uh, you know, kind of like the Ivy Leagues and and stuff like that. So, um, you know, took a look at a, a lot of the Ivy League schools, and um, uh, you know, found my way to uh, found my way to to Davidson, uh, a tremendous recruiter. I think a lot of times when we go into this and not really sure where we want to go, uh, a lot of times it's the person that's recruiting you, Bobby Gorani, uh who's a guy that was my offensive coordinator at Davidson. Um, he was a guy that recruited me out of high school. Uh, I later had a chance to work with him at uh, one of my stops. Uh, but he was, uh, very charismatic, uh, and invited me down there for a visit. Um, and, uh, you know, just loved it, fell in love with the place and, and, and what they were doing. Um, obviously it was a high academic school and I also had the chance to, to not only play football, but play baseball there. So, um, you know, being in a, a warmer climate and having the opportunity to play about 60 games uh, in baseball, that was something that was very appealing to me. And then, you know, also uh, being able to study uh, high academics. So that was, um, you know, that was the, the journey uh, down there. And, and um, you know, I wasn't uh, I wasn't sure when I was graduating from from college what I wanted to do. Um, the, the idea was, um, you know, studying a, a pre-law. Um, you know, curriculum, uh, going to law school, that was something I wanted to do, took the LSATs, uh, you know, was thinking about law school, and I saw the price tag, uh, and, uh, you know, what I was going to have to pay, and and that sort of thing, and I said, you know what, let me, uh, let me go get my master's degree, uh, maybe that'll, um, you know, maybe that'll open up some more doors for me going to law school, uh, maybe getting some more aid, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, I went to, uh, to Western Connecticut, was able to get my master's degree there and, uh, and coach football. And to be honest with you, I I think it was, you know, maybe the first day, um, you know, I, I knew I wasn't going to look back. Uh, so, you know, making, uh, making coaching a, a career and, um, you know, working with young people every day. So that's, uh, you know, I, I think that was the appeal and, um, you know, that was the, that was the path that I took, uh, you know, starting out
1: now from Western Connecticut. Once you finish, you finish your two years there, um, it's a quick jump from a a position coach right into, uh, being an offensive coordinator, which you were
0: at Methodist. How did that job come about? Well, uh, the, uh, the head coach. So again, it was another Davidson tie. Um, our former defensive coordinator at uh, at Davidson, uh, Jim Seipelt, had uh, just taken over the job at Methodist, which was, uh, you know, it was a new program and uh, it was um, it didn't have a whole lot of success and mm-hmm. it was going to be a rebuilding project. And, you know, I had the opportunity to get on there full-time with him, uh, you know, someone who, who I knew and looked up to a lot. I mean, he was a guy, uh, as, as our defensive coordinator at, uh, at Davidson – um was very inspiring was a fiery guy uh, a lot of our a lot of the offensive guys would go into the uh, defensive uh, pregame meeting and uh, you know hear him uh, you know uh you know uh, you know spitting and yelling and screaming and everything really getting everyone fired up so he was uh, a very charismatic guy and a guy that was uh, very instrumental in uh my journey as, uh, as as a football coach and you know um being there for for six years with him and uh, having having success and uh, and really turning the program uh, around was something that was important but um, you know I left him and, and went to defiance and um, you know a chance to be on my own and uh, you know call plays and and uh, you know delve into a couple other things you know offensively that uh, that we were looking to do um, and then uh, my best friend from Davidson, he wound up getting the head job at Mansfield, and uh, they had a quarter coordinator position open, so I went over with uh, with Chris Woods, and uh, and worked w- with him for three years, and um, we had a lot of success there, uh, turning that program around, and um, you know we had uh, guys that were nationally ranked, we had guys that uh, you know we had the, the winningest season in, in Mansfield University history um and uh you know that was that was very rewarding but obviously looking for for something else he left and he went to Stonehill and then I left and I went to Bucknell for a year uh and uh learned a whole new system um again there was another Davidson tie right there uh, Tim Landis was former head coach uh at Davidson after I left he was the head coach at Bucknell and mm-hmm. uh, I was on there for a year and uh, then I left to uh, to go to University of Charleston and, and work with Tony DeMeo, who was a, a great uh, mentor, a great friend of mine uh, now in the, in the coaching profession. And, uh, you know, we took a we took a team that was I think it was, you know, 0 and 10, 0 and 11. And the first year there, we went seven and four and had a lot of success, uh, you know, was able to recruit uh, some outstanding student athletes there uh, to uh, to University of Charleston. Then he retired. And then I went to uh, Ferrum College, uh, worked with Dave Harper, who's the head coach. He was our linebackers coach when I was at Davidson. I was playing there. Um, And, uh, you know, we had a lot of success at at, at Ferrum. Uh, And, um, you know, the RPI job came open. And it was something that was very appealing to me, uh, going to a high academic school, uh, going to a place um, that had had success. Um, I knew the type of student athlete that we, we could recruit there. I knew it would be uh, challenging in the Liberty League. Uh, you know, from every single week, it's, it's going to be a battle. Uh, but it was something I believed in. Um, the administration uh, was very supportive, uh, was going to give us everything that we needed to be successful. Uh, we've got outstanding facilities here, um, which is uh, you know certainly a great calling card. Uh, but also the uh, the academics is, is really what uh, what draws a lot of the students here first and foremost, and then the ability to play uh, football at a high level.
1: Now, Coach, I, I watched when I was doing my prep for this, I watched uh, your your initial press conference mm-hmm. when you got when you got introduced, and and it's it's interesting you brought up the facilities. I believe the question was, "Wow, Coach, what did you think of our facilities?" Pretty good for a Division three program, and your quote ten years ago was. Pretty good for a division one program. So, <laughs> so you guys have a, have a fairly nice facility. Um, it also has to be nice for you being now for, uh, Troy, New York and yep. Long Island, about three and a half hours for you, three and a half hour right. drive or so. So yep. close to, close to home. Um, let's, let's dive into RPI though. So first and foremost, talk to us about what a student, when a student's coming to RPI, what are they looking to study um, what what is the academic structure like, and then what is, what are you looking for? Obviously, other than guy got to be able to play football, what, can,
0: what are you looking for in a player? Right. Well, uh, RPI is the uh, oldest uh, technological institute, of the college, university in the country. Um, so um, you know we've got a long storied history of, of uh, engineering success. I guess you would say that um, a lot of the things that uh, that you see uh, today. Every, uh, every bridge that goes, uh, every major bridge that goes in and out of New York City was built by RPI engineers. Uh, the um, old Yankee Stadium, Fenway Park, uh, Tiger Stadium, the old Tiger Stadium, uh, that was built by RPI engineers. Uh, the MRI machine, um, the uh, digital camera, the first digital camera Uh, was uh, was uh, invented by RPI email email was invented by RPI so there's a lot of technological things Uh, uh, sunscreen Uh, sunscreen was was invented by RPI so there's there's a lot of things there's a long storied history here of of those successes and uh, I think that's one of the things that draws uh, a lot of our people here we're um, we're an engineering school we're a stem school uh, but we have uh, five different schools uh, within RPI. So it's not only our School of Engineering. We've got our Lally School of Business, which is one of the highest nationally ranked uh, business schools in the country. We have our School of Architecture, our School of Science, and we have our Humanities School here as well. So really, there's, there's just about anything that someone wants to study, uh, they're going to have the opportunity here. Um, being a high academic school, uh, the first thing that we look for with recruits before we even turn on the film, is we've got to dive into their 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 resume, which is their transcript, their high school transcripts. We've got to make sure that they're taking the right classes, that they're doing well in the classroom, uh, SATs. Uh, you know, that's that's something that we look at as well. So before we even turn the film on, we've got to make sure that this person's going to be a viable candidate for for admissions. Are they going to be competitive here for admissions? Um, because it is a challenge. It's a challenging school. I think. Uh, If you're the type of person that RPI wants, if you're the type of person we want in our football program, you're going to love to compete. You want to compete in the classroom. You want to see how good you can possibly be. And the curriculum here at RPI, it's um, it's challenging. Right. That's that's coach speak for difficult. I mean, it's it's going to really stretch them in the classroom. um, But the the people that want this education know that in the end, when they graduate, they're going to be more prepared than Mm -hmm. some of their competition that are coming out of some some other schools um and i hear that all the time from from our alums our alums come back and you know you know when we were growing up you know parents would say hey it's not going to be like this in the real world it's going to be tough it's going to be all this stuff our guys come back and say coach you know our bag was tough this real world stuff this is you know this is easy this is easy for us and Um, You know, our guys, they're getting phenomenal jobs and they're all across the country Um, and they're 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 getting well-paying jobs as well. So it's rewarding for me as a coach to see that, to see that success, because ultimately what what my job is to take them is is from where they are to where they want to be and to help develop them, not only in the classroom, but on the football field, in the community, uh, in leadership. Uh, and become better people for for a society. So when I see that success uh, in them, and they're getting the jobs that they want, and they're excited about, hey, I got I've got five job offers right now, and I'm I'm weighing all that stuff. Um, you know, that's what's very gratifying. You know, for me. So, um, you know, in our program, we've got um, just like every great organization, we have a mission statement. Mm-hmm. And it frames everything that we do. And we're a leadership development program that produces champions on and off the field. So what we do is more than just football. Yeah. Uh, if if we were just to say, hey, we just want to have, you know, football players here and, you know, uh, you know, you'll chew them up and spit them out after four years, we wouldn't be doing our job. Our job's about education. Our job's about bringing young people along. And it's exciting for me to talk to students that are equally excited about their academics as well as the football part of it and you know we talk about two things hey you want to be great in the classroom you want to be great on the football field so it's one in one a uh here and um i can honestly say uh, out of all the stops they've been at i've had some of my favorite players um at some of the other schools and some of them have have coached with me uh but i can honestly say this group here at rpi this is the most dedicated group that I've ever seen in the classroom, and then also on the football field. Um, they are they're extremely passionate about the game. They're um, they're devoted to the weight room. They're devoted to getting better. And you know you can see that with some of our guys that come in as a freshman. They don't play a whole lot, but then all of a sudden through their junior and senior year, they've developed and they're making a valuable contributions for us on the field.
1: Coach, can you? elaborate or or give us this backstory but behind the and i want to make sure i get this right the dutchman shoe game shoes game can you that's that's a big rivalry that's you guys in union Mm -hmm. um give us the backstory with the rivalry and how it started and 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 um obviously this year you guys come out came out a little short against Mm -hmm.
0: union but i think that's been a back and forth battle between you guys for a while now Yes, and it's it, the the Dutchman Shoes game is the oldest rivalry in New York State, mm-hmm. and the the two schools are separated uh, maybe by you know less than fifteen miles. Uh, so um, you know there's a lot of uh, obviously there's going to be you know heated competition on the field, but we also kind of go head to head on the recruiting trail as well. So uh, it's it's not unusual for someone to to go visit. Uh, their place and then come over and and visit RPI and vice versa. So, um, you know, we're, um, we're keenly aware of their roster. They know the people that are on our roster as well. So it's a, uh, it's a heated rivalry and it's, it's one of those, uh, it's one of those games that you circle every single year on your, on your schedule. It's going to be the last regular season game. I know for our, uh, our alums and and I would imagine their alums as well. If they have one game, if they they can only pick one game to come back for, you know, it's probably not going to be homecoming. It's going to be the shoes game. So, uh, the Dutchman Shoes Trophy, you know, was was created. There's there's two uh, Dutch clogs on there. One has the R on it. One has the U on it. And um, it's uh, it it is a big deal, and it's uh, it gives you bragging rights for for the entire year. Now, it, interesting, you brought up recruitment
1: recruitment. What is uh, for for you guys? Is there a specific location that you're looking at as the like the core? Is it 15 miles outside, 30 miles outside? How do you guys break? What what is the region that you guys
0: successfully recruit in or recruit in general? Yeah, well, you know, RPI our, our is it's a nationally known brand. It's it's a, a brand that's known throughout the world. Uh, so we nationally recruit. We we go all the way to to California. Um, you know, to Texas, to Florida. Um, we've had guys on our team from, from uh, Hawaii, uh, Puerto Rico, um, you know, Canada, um, guys from, from outside the States. And, um, you know, there's a lot of competition for the the type of student athlete that we're looking for, uh, especially if it's, if it's going to be, you know, the high academic schools, if it's going to be the Ivies, if it's going to be the Patriots and the NESCAC schools, um, it's going to be your other, you know, high um, – uh engineering schools um you know those sort of things so um you know we have to get out of our region to a certain degree and go and and find those people where those pockets of of a high stem concentration uh are and then also where they play great football so uh we nationally recruit i think if you look at our roster our footprint is still in the northeast down to uh down to the mid-atlantic um okay. But we do get uh, we do get a number of students uh, that are from out of region and from across the country.
1: Uh, Coach, let's talk about the 2023 seasons, eight and three overall, three and three in the conference, finishing up the season with a big bowl win, ECAC bull win over Widener, uh, 49 to 21. Uh, Let's talk about the season as a whole and then where we're heading now,
0: now that the offseason's in full swing. Yeah, the uh, 2023 season, um, I, I think if you would uh, ask a lot of people that that follow the Liberty League, probably would have said that RPI was, was kind of a question mark coming into the season uh, based on what we lost production-wise from uh, 2022. Uh, mm-hmm. So 2022, we had uh, top five defense in the country. Uh, we had a couple of All-Americans on that defense, uh, a bunch of starters uh, who were leaving the program, and then offensively, we had our top three um, top three receivers uh, lead the program uh, production-wise. So there were a lot of question marks coming into the season. Um, and what I was extremely proud about, and, and it, was, it was great to see, how many people were able to step up and take over those new roles. Um, this was probably the hungriest group of, of players that we've had because they knew they had an opportunity, um, so we were getting production from guys that may have been uh, may, may have been twos or threes receiver wise that all of a sudden start step into a starting role and they they just wind up flourishing. Um, you know, I was I was proud with uh, with our quarterback Jake Kazanowski, who came back um, um, at, into his junior year. Uh, he started uh, about midway through his sophomore year, and you know he's just won games ever since. Uh, You know, he's a guy that uh, obviously we're going to count on for for 2024, but he was able to distribute the ball around to a number of different guys and and be a point guard on offense. Um, You know, defensively, we had a number of guys step up and and get significant playing time uh, that maybe they hadn't, um, you know, the year before. And the production from our linebackers and and our secondary um, and our defensive line was, was able to put some pressure on the quarterback. Um, Special teams wise, we had the uh, special teams player of the year, Sterling Walker Sutton, who um, uh, was uh, nationally ranked uh, returning kicks and returning punts for us this past year. So um, he leaves. But going into the 24 season, um, you know, we have a lot of those guys back. I think we have eight starters back uh, returning on the offensive side and we have eight starters back returning on the defensive side uh, from last year's team. And, um, you know, last year's team, uh, you know, 2023, that was the ninth consecutive um, postseason appearance uh, for RPI. So it was a school record, nine consecutive years playing in the postseason, whether it's the NCAAs or the ECACs. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're excited about the upcoming season. Obviously, we've got a lot of work to do um, here with, uh, you know, with offseason training and then getting into spring ball and also finishing up our recruiting class. Um, but we're excited about what uh, you know what twenty four is gonna bring. Now, coach, there's a couple of things
1: I, I want to unpack there. One, mm-hmm. um, a lot of talk going on right now uh, with the with the uh, Division three national committee, everybody meeting and whatnot. Um, I know there was a lot of uh, rumblings when the selection happened this past year. Uh, are you for the expansion of the playoff system? and do you think forty is the good number? Is there is there somewhere that we is there something else we need to be looking at when we factor into this uh, where do you stand on all that
0: well I think 40 is a good number uh, mm-hmm. I think that I think that's a good number and it's 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 still uh, it's still a lower representation of how many football playing schools are that make the playoffs uh, compared to other sports yeah um, so you're not you know you don't have the 64 team you know basketball playoff. Um, So I think 40 is a a really good number. And um, if you're looking at the if you're looking at the season and how the season extends, um, you're only you're only factoring in uh, just a handful of schools going into the semifinals. And then obviously, whenever you're going to play the national championship game, you know, then you're looking at just two teams that are going to be factoring in as far as that's concerned. But I, I think any chance that you have to play more football, to, to have uh, student-athletes um, enjoy, uh, you know, the experience that they have, the brother, brotherhood that they have on the field, I think that's great for college football. Mm-hmm. And then my, my other question,
1: and I know you, you've touched on it a couple of times, with you guys being such a, uh, a rigorous academic school, uh, does the transfer portal come in for, for you guys? Is that something you guys are checking – um, and the reason I asked that is we, I've talked to a lot of coaches last season. We're just now kicking up here for season four. Um, and it was a split. There were some coaches that said, couldn't even tell you what our uh, transfer portal login is. And mm-hmm. then there were some people that said, no, we we check it every day. We're not recruiting from there. But if we see somebody that maybe we recruited and they're
0: now in the transfer portal, we might reach back out. How do, where, where do you guys stand on that? Well, we're not, uh, you know, we're not a heavy transfer portal um, school. I, I think, you know, the number one thing is is academics, you know, a person that's going to be a transfer here to RPI. Obviously, they have to have a, a great academic record. Um, you know, we have had uh, students that have transferred to RPI mm-hmm. and, um, you know, we do our homework with that. Um, you know, one of the requirements that we have is that we need to have had a previous relationship with that student athlete. So uh, we may have recruited them. They chose to go somewhere else, and they mm-hmm. say, "Hey, coach, you know the grass isn't only always greener; it's just AstroTurf." Okay, so so they wind <laughs> up coming back. They wind up, you know, contacting us, and if it winds up being a fit, you know, then we'll will pursue it. Um, so we we don't get a ton of transfers here. Um, you know, I think over the years since I've been here, uh, you know, it could be in in ten years, maybe it's uh, it's less than ten. Uh, But it's got to like I said, it's got to be the right person, the right fit, um, you know, and person that we we've had a previous relationship with. Um, I think it's difficult if you're, um, you know, going from, you know, if you're saying, hey, you know, there's, you know, 5,000 people in the transfer portal. So we got to recruit that. You know, a lot of those students are coming from scholarship situations. Mm -hmm. Um, So they're getting, you know, they're getting a a football scholarship to pay uh, to play. Uh, but going to Division Three now, they're going to have to pay some money out of pocket, so they're not used to that. So a lot of those students are not going to be viable for for us, and certainly not viable at the Division Three level. And
1: then uh, with the Division Three, talking about the Division Three level, what's the significance of Division Three um, when you talk about how you know the myths out there that? division three is just a glorified intramural sports etc what's the significance for you what do you feel division three means to sports and and academics
0: as a whole yeah i think if you were to talk to to any football coach that coaches division three they would um you know they'd be offended that you know if people think it's a you know it's a glorified uh you know club sports and that Mm -hmm. sort of thing it's 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 13th grade now it's not. And I I think one of the things when, when students, you know, start playing at this level, or, you know, we've got a chance to sit down with them, show them, you know, our highlight film or show them, you know, our teach tapes and stuff like that. I think they have a different uh, perspective of, you know, what football is all about. Um, You know, you can, you can go to to some schools and, you know, maybe they don't take it as serious, but I, I think every school in the country that's that's playing division three is going to take the football aspect of it very serious. And, uh, you know, people need to understand that, um, you know, the time commitment, uh, that you're going to put in, uh, it's going to be very similar to, to what you're going to see in season, uh, in, in division one and division two. And you're going to play this game at a high level. You're going to play against great competition. Um, you know, I, I think the the significance for me is being able to coach, um, young people that want to have a great education and play football at a high level and, and play on the national stage. Um, that's important to them uh, because at, at some point in time, um, you know, regardless if you do have the opportunity to, to play professional football um, at some point in time, the ball's going to stop bouncing. And, you know, if you can extend your career four more years into, into college and you can make lifelong uh, relationship, lifelong friends. Um, you can play a sport that teaches things more than just, you know, throwing, running, catching, blocking, and tackling. Um, you know, I think that's the, you know, that for Division three, and not only for football, but for every Division three sport out there, um, it gives people a chance to, to have success and to to also have uh, friendships that are going to last a lifetime. Coach, why – let me think of how I want to ask this question. So,
1: for for the career that you've chosen, we know that there's it's an always revolving door, um, you know, wins, losses, ups, downs, etc. Why for the last ten years, and I think you've touched on it a couple of times during this conversation, but why
0: for the last ten years has RPI, has RPI stayed your home? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we have uh, we have so many advantages here um that it is uh, it's difficult to it's difficult to leave i think mm-hmm. uh first and foremost the uh, the student athletes that we have a chance to to recruit and coach and develop um who are um who are phenomenal and you know they want to be great in the classroom and they want to be great on the football field the administration which is very supportive of us um and um you know really speak the same culture and speak the same uh, language that that we speak as well, so we're very, you know, we have that support, um, and and this has been this has been home, um, you know, for me and and for my family. My, you know, my son played for me and and graduated from RPI as well. So um, this is a this is truly a special place for us, um, Coach. We we have one more question or
1: one more question focused on the football, and then we do go to our lightning round. It's five questions of just kind of getting to know you. Um, my last question is, I know it's a little early, but what's the message for 2024 from RPI to alumni, to the rest of the Liberty league, to the rest of
0: division three football? Well, I think, uh, you know, the teams that play us and the th- teams that, that know how we play, they know our style. They know that, uh, you know, we're going to be well-prepared. We're going to, you know, we're going to play every single play. Like it's our last play. Um, they know that, um, uh, you know, there's 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 no let up from our guys. Um, you know, we have uh, we haven't released our schedule yet, but just kind of a sneak peek. Uh, we're playing a national schedule. We're going to be playing against six teams that played in the, in the postseason last year. Four of them played in the NCAAs. Um, and um, that's that's something that's that's important for our guys to play meaningful football, to play uh, play games against uh, you know national opponents and uh and put it out there and see where we see where we land you know we've had a lot of success here uh in the last 10 years and you know being on the national stage i think that's something that our guys really enjoy all right coach this has become my favorite part of the
1: show because we get a little it's a little bit of break from football um so it it gives us a little bit of
0: a look into you so if you could live anywhere in the world where would it be and why where would it be Uh, um Well, I I would say right now it'd be Troy. Okay. Um, You know, but uh, you know, maybe after, after the career's over and, and stuff like that, you would, uh, it would definitely be in, uh, it'd be in Florida where I get a chance to to, to play golf and enjoy the sunshine.
1: What is the most important lesson that you've learned over your career?
0: That's a good one. Um, I would say that it's, it's, it's about building the right ships. Uh, It's about relationships. Mm-hmm. um you know we talk about that as a staff uh, on the recruiting trail it's it's about building relationships with the young people with the families um and show them that um that they're going to be cared for when they're here when they get here it's uh, again it's just fostering those relationships uh and as we talked about before um our guys are going to be making some lifelong uh friendships lifelong um you know uh bonds with uh, with the people in our program uh, and it's important for for our people that are in our program to understand that, that we have devoted our professional uh, careers for them. If you weren't
1: coaching, what would you be doing? I, <laughs> I,
0: I, I, I would be, yeah, I'd be, I'd be trying out for the, uh for the senior tour. I like that. <laughs> uh Best compliment you've ever received. Best compliment I ever received. Well, um, You know, uh, we talked about the Dutchman Shoes game the other uh, the other day, and um, you know, the this last uh, season. um, I don't know if this was a compliment, but um, there were so many fans uh, over there that were they were telling me that I was number one. Um, They were just using the wrong finger, so um, (laughs) maybe that's not so much a compliment.
1: Well, that goes into my the
0: second part of that question is what's the best insult you ever received? I guess we can we chalk that up to a compliment and an insult all rolled into one. I, I will tell you this is that uh, probably the best compliment I ever received was from Mike Craig, who was the uh, head coach at, at Hobart uh, mm-hmm. before he retired. Uh, and this was um, I, I want to say his last year before he retired. We played at their place, uh, had the chance to beat them uh, on a last second um, a last second two point conversion stop. And before the game, uh, he said to, he said to me, and now, now we were, we were just rebuilding. We were just starting to get good and get competitive. And he said, you know, I really love the way you guys play. I really, I really enjoy watching you guys on film. And, you know, I thought that was, that was, that was something that, you know, you know, coming from him where, where, you know, they were the conference champions and, and, um, you know they had some great players and stuff like that i thought that was a good compliment for our program and then the last question i've asked every coach
1: minus one um (laughs) was there a question you were expecting me to ask you and if so how would you have answered it
0: their question um you know the the question that I thought you were gonna the question I thought you were gonna ask was gonna be about the Dutchman's shoes and you probably wanted me to describe the trophy for you, okay. Um, but the other thing is that we actually play two uh, two rivalry games, two trophy games every year. So one is the Dutchman shoes game, uh, and that's uh, against the team across the river. And then we also play the Transit Trophy game, okay, which is. Uh, against wpi so the transit is an engineering uh tool that they that they use and and we play that against wpi every year so uh that's an out-of-conference game for us and um it's usually scheduled i believe the third third week every single year so uh we're pretty fortunate to play uh, play two trophy games uh every year i i did not know that there was
1: a second trophy game in there now I guess let me ask you this: Is that abnormal for Division Three to have two different, um, quote unquote, rivals
0: there that way? Um, I don't. I don't know. It was, you know, they, they've they've done that uh, for for such a long time. here, playing playing those games. There's, you know, I I think back in the day, uh, you know, when presidents got together or ads got together and they wanted to put a you know, they wanted to put uh, some stakes uh, in the game and stuff like that, they would make different trophies. And, um, you know, it just so happens that, uh, you know, they wanted to play for an engineering trophy. And and that's what they came up with. So it's, uh, it's exciting. And I think, you know, anytime that you can lend some excitement uh, and and put some extra, uh, extra stakes on the table and stuff like that, I think that's exciting for college football.
1: Coach, I think that's a perfect place to to wrap things up here. I want to say thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us. Uh, for those of you sticking around, you know we come back with overtime with Serenity Brown, uh, where we're going to be hopefully explaining some more football to her so that when she makes her picks come regular season, we're not just picking out of the blind. Um, but this has been Coach I Cernia. Coach I. For, for his players and whatnot. Uh, again, thank you very much for taking the time to sit down with us and we'll be right back. chuckleheads. What's going on, chuckleheads? I am Carla. You know, this is overtime with Serenity Brown. That's her. Uh, we just finished up with coach Isernia from RPI. Uh, we're going to continue as we did last week. We're going to find out what questions Serenity has about football. Uh, when we finished last week's segment, she, uh, as she said in the segment, I threw a lot of information at her very quickly. Um, so we're going to kind of peel that back a little bit, and then we're also going to see if she actually did her homework. Probably not. Um, and then maybe I'll sleep on, in my recliner tonight. So um, let's start with last week. A lot of information. What? Yeah. What would you? You and you asked a very very simplistic question so that you could understand the positions that I said so uh, do you remember that question
2: so I asked if we could go over the different positions and in terms that I will understand what are they what's their job what are they supposed to do All right. that's what I want to go through
1: where would you like to start do you want to start on the line and we're staying on offense right this week
2: we can stay on offense this week and do defense this week. Do you want to talk about uh, my homework first?
1: No, we'll come to your homework. Okay. Which means, my
2: brain.
1: which means that right before we shot this segment, you've studied just enough to have talking points. So she did her homework, but like most of us in, back when we were in school, she did it as the teacher was collecting it. So that being said... Which position would you like to start with? You wanna start with the big guys, you wanna start with the skill guys, or you wanna start with the guy that runs the the whole shebang? I don't think that is there ones that
2: are like more important?
1: No, I ev- feel like everybody's got eleven got... Guy, eleven guys, both mm-hmm. sides of the ball. So eleven guys are as important as the each guy is as important as the other. Uh, so you got we're gonna do the linemen together. You have five linemen, as I told you. You've got the guy at the center, <laughs> it's the guy that hikes the ball to the quarterback.
2: Don't they have, like, position names, though? Center. That's, like, that's, that's just his... the... No,
1: that's the center's name. Okay. Then there's two guards. Those are the two guys right next to the center. They're blockers. They're never going to... Every once in a while, you might get a big man in there that you throw the ball to, but that's... Okay. Guards are not that guy. Guards are just nitty-gritty, get out there, beat the hell out of their guy. <laughs> Tackles. Those are the big men on the outside. Their job normally, uh, one of them is to protect the blind side of the quarterback because you're on the edge there. The other side, quarterback can see it. You still want to make sure you're, set, you're the guy setting the edge, right? Then stay on the line, but now this is where it gets a little different. You have a tight end. Now, a tight end's job is to block and receive. So he can mm-hmm. run routes like a wide receiver will. He's also going to be there during running downs to be an extra lineman. Especially if you have a really good blocking tight end, you're going to use that because you can run to that side. You can run off of uh, – for the football people out there, most of us were taught back in the day you follow your blocker's ass.
2: So a tight end
1: – If he's blocking, will be on the line, three-point stance, which just means he has his fingers in the ground. So
2: a tight end blocks and – Catches. Or, and catches. Yes. Okay. I'm just in right, my brain. Hey, I'm trying to put these into little sections so that way when we get to the next uh, position, I can separate them. That's what and we're here know for. What they actually
1: are. So we're staying this way, right? So we're going down the line.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: On each side, you would probably some offenses. You'll have two receivers, an X and a Y. And
2: they just
1: or an X and a Z. Sorry, they block as well. You're going to block on the outsides. Like if your running back runs. So
2: what's the difference between them and tight end? See, this is where I get confused. tight
1: ends are normally bigger bodied. You can have a very small wide receiver; they can be moved, interchanged within different parts of the receiver move. Whereas a tight end is normally a big body. They, they could okay. have been a lineman at one time that maybe lost weight or had not, not that they didn't have the skill before, but they lost a little bit of weight. So, and you see that they're fast or they have a jumping ability or they can catch a football. You're going to use them now. You might, you're, you're not going to have him running 50 yards down the field. This isn't not everybody's Travis Kelsey or Pat Fryermuth or any of the the guys in the NFL, but you know, okay, it's a good guy to have as a check. It's called a check down, which is what you when nobody else you can throw to, you throw to your check down, okay? okay? So you're two wide receivers now. You can also take the tight end out and add a slot, which is just a, another skill guy, it's another wide receiver, fast guy. That slot would be, so I'm going to use this line again, right? The slot will have to stay off the line because he's eligible to catch the ball. You have to. One guy has to be on, one guy has to be off when you're talking about receivers. The slot has to be off or he can't receive the ball. It's an illegal touching. Okay. Okay. The slot can be a running back. Think of fantasy. The flex position yeah. can be a running back can be a wide receiver could be an extra t- you want to bring another tight end in but you have a tight end that's maybe not good at blocking but good at catching you use him in the passing downs
2: now what is a running back
1: doing? the running back's job is uh in pass protection he would be blocking for the quarterback
2: okay
1: uh on rundowns you're gonna you're gonna hand him the ball uh, i'm trying to think of a running back that would jump out at you and i'm drawing a blank right now um, North Central was John S- Joe Sacco. That was the kid that just kept every time. He he, literally, he would look like a ping pong ball, bing, bing, bing. <laughs> um, so and running backs can catch the ball out of the backfield. In fact, there's a whole play called a running back screen, a halfback screen, where the running back kind of goes like this and all the linemen let their guys go and start to move this way. You throw the ball to the running back, and then they have a convoy of people to go. And I used the word fullback last week, which I now realize it's another running back. It's more same like tight end wide receiver-wise. The, the fullback is normally just a blocker. You're going to hand him the ball on like fourth and one to get that one yard because he's a bowling ball. But most of the time, you're sending him through before the running back so that the running back has a hole to run through. Like, your linemen will block, and then there's defenders, right? Yeah. The next line, so the two linemen groups, when they you get past them, there's a linebacker on the other side. Most of the time, your fullback is going to go through the hole and smack the first thing he sees on the other team. He's just a blocker. You can throw the ball to him, similar to, like I said, with the running backs, you can throw the ball to him, You can, but it's not normally this used. This
2: is why I'm confused on positions.
1: Also I feel like
2: they all do the same thing. Some are just bigger than others.
1: No. Linemen can't catch the football, linemen can't run the
2: football. Well the, besides people who are just meant to like. Uh, and
1: wide receivers are skilled, running backs are skilled. That's called, that's what their skill that's what their classification is, their skill positions. And then your quarterback. I don't need to explain the quarterback. That's, <laughs> you that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's like heads or tails there. Yeah. <laughs> um so hey, if I'm if I'm getting anything wrong out there, please feel free to chime in and tell me I'm wrong. Maybe you have a better way of explaining the the offensive positions. Chime in and let us know. Uh, now, your homework was to come with an opinion on the transfer portal. First off, what did you learn about the transfer portal? Uh, not much new
2: from what I already knew from watching can't remember whose interview it was that you were talking about with but you guys had talked about it I remember watching that
1: what do you think of the do you think that that's a good thing for sports
2: I see both sides of it okay let me hear so like on one hand I can seek being beneficial like if a student really isn't meshing well with the school they're at Mm -hmm. and they want to transfer somewhere else that they feel would be a better fit for them Mm -hmm. it would be beneficial because they have that tool but on the other side I can see how it can be abused
1: do you feel let me I guess let me instead of the original question do you feel that majority of the people that are jumping into that transfer portal are they on the this wasn't the right fit i want to transfer back to like maybe a school or are they grass is greener on the other side and i'm not getting what i want here so we're gonna yeah
2: i think it could a lot of it is probably so there's i'm not getting enough play time or
1: i'm gonna be honest with you i
2: coach because they're mean to me
1: i haven't seen enough um so the statistics on the portal aren't clear yet because there is this negative stigma around people wanting to travel to where the grass is greener on the other side. Um, in fact, I talked to a coach this week that flat out said they tell their players the grass isn't greener on the other side. It's just a, it's the way of life. Like when you think yeah. that's going to happen, that's that's not necessarily how things go. Um, I definitely think the portal is useful. Uh, I think, especially at the Division Three level, it's more useful than what it's being used for at the Division I level, which is basically glorified free agency. And if that's what we want to do, okay, make it free agency. You're already paying the guys. But, like, don't tell me that these guys are transferred for academic purposes when they're going from Power 5A to Power 5B because Power 5A decided halfway through the season, ah, well, we're make sure you because we want you to get a little bit more under your belt. I don't like that. I'm not getting the experience. Um, I think that's more in the Division One game than it is in the Division Three game. Um, but I, I agree with you. I think there's a lot of kids sitting in that portal that are maybe going about it the right way, and, and they were recruited by RPI, um, and it just wasn't a fit right away, or, or it was, but they, they wanted to go test the waters somewhere else, and now they're they want to come back. That makes sense. Um, obviously, I think coaches. It's, it's just recruitment all over again you're going to go talk to high school coaches you're going to go talk to the coach that they're transferring from why are they leaving what do they like um and at the end of the day the eye on the sky doesn't lie so my old football coach used to tell me and it's the truth if, if you can play and you're you got they the, the tape shows that you're going to be all right you'll find a home um but tape's not everything your attitude, your character, yeah. who you are as a person—that those are all things that are going to factor in. Um, so, with that all being said, next week, defense. And I want you to come with a little bit of pre-knowledge. So just just get familiarize yourself with the with the position, so that you're not looking at me like I'm stupid when I'm talking to you.
2: I was genuinely I was like genuinely trying to Oh no you stand. were
1: the, the offensive side I'm I'm okay with but now we're going to your side of the ball. So you better know what you're talking about. Or at least come with some questions. But we'll see you next week, Chuckleheads.
0: Thanks for checking out this episode of Dingo Talk. Don't forget to rate, comment, and subscribe. For more info and to contact the show, you can find us on Twitter at Dingo Talk.